Welcome to the Marketing Trench Warfare Podcast. Marty and Tony are two marketers who talk about the daily battle to build a brand, grow careers, innovate, and learn. Why, hello there, and welcome back to the Marketing Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm Tony Kavicki. Artie Coolidge. Tony, it's been so long, man, since we've I said know, those words. A... Like, I almost forgot. I, I was like, we have to... Ad- we have to address the elephant in the room, uh, the hiatus of the podcast. I know. People like, are like, did the war end? Like, the trenches are here, but they're empty. <laughs> like, what is this? Well, I, I, I was going to say uh, the the room of requirement has not shown up for our podcast for quite a while now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because, you know. It, it only comes at need. That's and, right. Uh, I guess it was just not yeah. needed. But the crazy thing. So, I actually, that's, that's what I would say is I think that... Uh, our, our announcement we wanted to make is this the, the release schedule is going to look more like the room of requirement at hogwarts than it's going to look like yes day to day trenches so we'll have to we'll have to change the description of uh yes weekly podcast about xyz uh already and in in making some big announcements i thought that there would be no one better that we could quote than the great communicator himself, Ronald Reagan, when he said, we have a rendezvous with destiny. Wow. That's and just like Artie, so epic sounding. I mean, man, I feel like yes. we need a sound effect cut in there. You know? Yeah. You, you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We do. We uh, do. So, so that's actually the biggest reason why I think we haven't recorded recently. Yep. So big announcement for me. I have transitioned to working in a new job so i'm still doing marketing so you don't have to kick me off of the marketing i was gonna say tony if you went and took that dream gig of yours as you know an astronaut i just don't know if we could keep doing this together (laughs) you know oh yeah 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 so um astronaut marketing warfare or something like that exactly exactly would still work but yeah no so i am doing marketing for the stand together community which is a philanthropic community dedicated to bottom-up charitable solutions that will unlock everyone's potential and, a- and enable everyone to rise. So people That's ask fantastic. me, like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, it's basically like a libertarian approach to charity, which is, exactly. is great. Exactly. That's uh, so, so fantastic. So it's really cool to see how, how um, that's really transforming people's lives. And there's a lot of great stories that we can amplify in our marketing. And I'm really excited about those opportunities i'm doing a lot more seo um as we talked about on the podcast before um and getting into just building marketing automation platforms and enabling customer journeys so it's been fun so far tony that's awesome and you know i what i love about our journeys because you and i've talked a lot Mm -hmm. about our careers that's one of the tags for our whole podcast right build your career right and what i Mm -hmm. love is wherever we've gone we keep finding ways to pursue and chase after that release of change into this world, of making the world better, mm-hmm. right? Through giving, through our marketing. And I love that with you moving now to stand together, you're just continuing that journey. You're still going to be doing that and doing that with a great organization, with a proven track record of making life better around the country. That's just fantastic. And it also is interesting because, you know, change must have been in the air over this, this uh, season. Yeah, I was going to say, you, <laughs> you went next after I me. I did. And it's pretty funny because, you know, we, 
we talk about Next After quite a bit on this podcast. You know, they're friends of ours over there. We talk about their podcast, The Generosity Freak Show. I've been a guest on their podcast before and gotten to plug, you know, Marketing Trench Warfare while there. And now I'm a staff member at Next After. I'm now the uh, digital strategist at Next After. And so it's kind of just kind of crazy seeing how everything works out. Like I look back and I remember my first foray into the uh, as as I've heard it joked around about the lucrative world of nonprofit fundraising, <laughs> and that <laughs> that first foray was was my my first year at CareNet, uh, working there and going to this nonprofit innovation and optimization NIO summit down in Texas, and I remember at the the stockyards in Dallas. And I first learned about this group called Next After, which had this, you know, very attainable goal. I thought you were gonna say I first learned out about cows at the Fort Worth stockyards, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there weren't many live cows around. I mean, with all my years of 4-H experience, you would think that I would be more more bovine friendly, but I'm afraid that the the as a 4-H in in Florida is alligator raising. Yeah, right? it is. It is alligator is more okay. than cows, right, cows, and plows. So. I, I I took you I took you off track. Here. But the point is, you know, when I was when I was there, I I just found out about this organization that was putting on the event called Next After, and you know they had the this very attainable goal of unleashing the greatest, most generous generation in human history, and I just loved it because I'm like, wow, that's audacious, right? That's a big goal. And then as I started to get to know the team there and started to look at their research, I discovered just a bunch of nerds who were passionate about pursuing what enables people to give. How can we be more mm -hmm. human? How can we be more authentic? How can we stop treating donors like vending machines as nonprofits and start treating them as people that have desires and goals and dreams and heart? And so a lot of what I started learning then during my time at CareNet was learned through partnership with Next After. And so now I kind of feel like it's come full circle because now I'll be working within Next After and alongside their incredible team of researchers and data scientists and just quite frankly, marketing nerds like me to uh, figure out how to unlock that generosity. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a pretty cool, That's, pretty cool and crazy thing, Tony, that we are both yeah, now yeah. having transitioned at the same time, right? Two different organizations that are doing great things in our country, helping others, helping people be involved in worthy causes and helping them unlock generosity. Like that to me is just one of the things, as you and I have talked about so much on this podcast, marketing can get a bad rap way too often it can be viewed as manipulative or gimmicky or clickbaity and all too often it's earned like that bad reputation is mm -hmm. earned by just crappy decisions made by organizations big and small but that's not the whole story and i love how there's just this growing army to use the war metaphor again of marketers and fundraisers out there who are daily going into the trench saying, no, we're gonna do something better. We're gonna have a value stack. We're gonna have a, a statement of purpose and mission. We're, go we're going to, to keep ourselves to that. And we're mm -hmm. going to, as a result, have integrity and make the entire world of marketing better. Yeah. That's that's a nice summary, and I, I do want to say too, I am super happy for oh, you. Oh, thank you! And really excited to see you going to Next After. Uh, I think that's going to be a great fit, and for the longest time, I've thought that that would be a great fit. So. 
it's it's one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, that would be great, and uh, then it finally happens. Exactly. I think it's it's like uh, it's like when certain people are like, oh yeah, it would be great if if Artie got together with my sister, and then it happens. So, <laughs> hat, t- hat tip to Kevin there. That's it's like, right. One of those things where you're like, oh yeah, that would be great, and then it happens in real life. Yeah, well, like, when yes. I met Kevin, I remember thinking, oh, it would be really fun if we were ever related. Yeah, that'll never happen. <laughs> and then here we are, brothers-in-law. So, you know, if, if Kevin's happening to listen to this, shout out to you, bro. Um, but no, we're it's it's just really neat seeing Tony. And, and while we're on this topic of change and surprises, I have to say, when you don't release a new episode for about two months, you kind of feel like when you you're a little scared to you go. You feel like a failure. Well, you no, feel no, like I, not, not, well, I, you're like we're not real podcasters anymore. We haven't released. Well, an actually, for me, I was going to say I felt I felt a little trepidation going into the mm-hmm. SoundCloud metrics mm-hmm. because I was like, we haven't released any new content. Our listeners are gone, and lo and behold, people were still listening. People were what still. Was it 250 t- people listened in January? Like 215, right? 220 in January, which had no wow. pods released at all, right? I don't know the February numbers in total yet, but like people have been listening. You who are listening to us right now, you amaze me. You amaze me every single time. And we, Tony and I, are thrilled because as we were talking about what does the future of MTW look like, we realized at this phase in our lives, it isn't a weekly podcast. At the same time, we realized we have way too much fun for this to just die mm-hmm. on the vine. Mm-hmm. And so we're not going to let mm-hmm. it happen. We promise you, we will bring you more content. It just will be <laughs> a surprise. It'll be one I of those I thought you were going to say, it will just be all next after resources. <laughs> It'll just be a surprise <laughs> when it comes, right? Like, it's, it's going to be one of those things oh, where Tony and I are going to yeah, be able to yeah, jump yeah. in a trench together at this seemingly random opportunity and talk about something we think everyone else should be thinking through. And we hope you'll be able to catch those episodes. We'll be sure to do our best to promote them through our own social channels. But thank you, because the last two and a half years of Marketing Trench Warfare podcast have been far greater than I think Tony and I could have ever imagined. Like, Yeah, it's been the Yoda effect on steroids. Yeah. Like, and and I'm sure there's some baby Yodas out there who have uh, gotten the Yoda effect. Baby from us Yodas, and passed it on. is it isn't it Groku or whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that that's good marketing. See, like a name that a name that Disney didn't even give him is iconic because so many people talk about it. So anyway, going going back to that, just saying that like we had an episode early on called the Yoda effect where we looked at um, the fact that teachers learn more just by teaching, and I think that the podcast has certainly been that for me. Yes. Uh, the podcast has encouraged me to, I think we talked about this before, I'm doing things and I'm like, oh, I should cut, I should cut that. I'm like, oh, why am I really doing this, this uh, brand thing? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, we talked about that on the podcast. Exactly. We talked about how this is hard, but you still want to do it. And I'm like, yep, okay, podcast holding me accountable. So it's also been really fun just to have the back and forth with you and I've missed it when we haven't been doing it every week. Um, but I also understand, you know, both of us have pretty different routines now and, uh, new schedules. It's just a different, different stage of life. And, and it's going to, it's going to be fun. Um, as we reconnect on the podcast and continue to share these conversations with people. Um, I did want to say like, there's, there, there was big marketing news, Oh, huge marketing Um, news over, over 
over the time that we haven't been podcasting. And of course, you all know what I'm talking about. We're talking about Dolly Parton's new cake mix. Uh, I just thought that that was another great example of brand because there was a whole marketing campaign prepared to sell Dolly Parton's new cake mix. She has two flavors of cake mix that came out already. I, don't... I did not hear about I, this. You're, you're, you're laughing like you didn't hear about this. Yes, okay. but so this anyway, is great. Because... I'm like, this is an amazing marketing story, but also simultaneously, like probably most people didn't hear it. So they had this huge marketing. I think it was a Duncan Hines. Yeah. They had this huge marketing campaign where they um, came together and said that they're going to try to sell out these two cake mix that Dolly Parton did. Wadi, they didn't have to do the marketing campaign. They announced that Dolly Parton had two cake mixes and they sold out of cake mix. <laughs> like, I think it was within one day they sold out of cake mix. So they had this huge campaign and I'm like, oh, what do we do? Well, I guess we turn it off because the cake mix is all gone. Uh, which which I, I just find to be hilarious and also just a great example of how, like, if you have product market fit, yes, uh, you can move things really fast. And yes. Dolly Parton really knows what her brand is. Yes. And she found, like, Dolly Parton doesn't make cake mix. Like, are you kidding me? No, I haven't. But yeah. it made it made sense. She made the logical connection to her brand, and she was able to sell a whole lot of cake mix. This is, this so. is great, because as we're talking about this, I'm looking at the Duncan Hines website, and they're completely mm-hmm. sold out. They're, they're like, sign up. Re- get on a list, an exclusive list for updates as to when... We will have that in stock again, which is brilliant because now they have a name acquisition campaign, right? You're like right, giving right. them your information saying, I want in on the next shipment of, of Dolly Parton cake mix. And you know, right. I know. No, they were pivoting it. There, there were some marketers sitting around the room and they're like, oh my gosh, so, we've got like how many pallets of cake mix we got to move in so, the next three months or something. And then, and then they came into work the next day and I'm sure they were panicking. They're like, oh my gosh, we oversold the cake mix. Like, and here's the thing that I think we, sh- we shouldn't just move beyond without parking on a little bit here and, and unpacking. But, but when when they made that decision, when they pivoted that quickly and said, we're not going to run, run, you know, do this marketing campaign. They demonstrated mm-hmm. that there's actually, even in an organization as big as Duncan Hines, like I don't know how big their marketing team is. But there's enough synergy for them to be aware of what their current stock levels are on product. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well let's, let's, let's face the reality here. It's probably an agency that did this for them. Oh, well, I'm but, sure. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, this is, yeah. this is what happens all too often in, in nonprofits especially. We come up with a campaign. We, we get ready. We launch it. But because we don't have the proper synergy within the organization, right, Things mm-hmm. keep going past when we can actually fulfill. And and that is what we don't want to have happen, right? Duncan Hines mm-hmm. does not want to be in the place where they're running all this marketing and they don't even have the product to sell, right? This is a great place to right. be. Right. Well, to, to be clear, like, they didn't launch before they had the product made. Like, no. They thought that they, they just were not ready for the demand. Yeah, exactly. So. Which speaks to another issue, which is should they have had more, right? Like in that, yeah, you know, Artie, you're like, yeah, let's bring this around. Failure of market research there, Duncan. Hines. That's right. But like, seriously, like, is this a failure of market research? You could, you could look at it that way. Or you could also say that this is brilliant because now there is scarcity, which increases the perceived value. 
So. Oh, yeah. So Duncan Hines, Dolly Parton, Cake Mix Coin. Exactly. It's on the blockchain now. I am waiting. I'm going to call it right now on the podcast. And because we're not releasing. Next after coin? No, I was going to say, we're not going <laughs> to release immediately. But maybe it's happened by the time it's been released. But I'm going to call it right now and say there's going to be a Duncan Hines, Dolly Parton NFT for a limited time online. And you're going to see people investing in that non-fungible token. And if you want to know more about non-fungible tokens, we have an episode about that. Don't we, Tony? Do you know what is not fungible? <laughs> cake mix. <laughs> a cake. Cake mix is fungible. But once you bake it, it's not fungible. <laughs> oh, Tony, it is so good to be back in the Every cake here. is a non-fungible Well, cake. you know, Tony, so you I'm, I'm pretty it. sure that while you were sitting there salivating over the thought of a delicious, moist Duncan Hines cake, there were a bunch of people on Wall Street that were suffering whiplash because two records were broken in the same week, Tony. Yeah, yeah. We had the biggest... And, and this has marketing This has marketing impacts. Oh, it? huge marketing right? impacts. First, Facebook suffered the single greatest loss in value for a single day trading in the history of mm-hmm. Wall Street. And then... Right. Well, I mean, like, they, they squeaked by, like, the record set last year. So, by, what was it, Apple or something? Yeah. Yeah, but still... They lost 26% in total by the time the week was over in stock value. 26%. Mm-hmm. That is a total of $230 billion with a B in market right. cap. And, and tell us why. And the why we've been talking on this podcast, dear savvy listener, you know where we're going to go. If you listen to Zuckerberg, at least, the, one of the biggest drivers behind it has been not just the fights over privacy and people leaving the platform over that, but Apple's decision to gut the efficiency of its algorithm by closing the door for data to pass through. Right. So they had they had ad they had issues with the number of daily average users going down for the first time in Facebook's history. Yep. But they also had issues delivering ads to those people, and the ad-driven stuff is totally a result of their interactions with Apple and just further deterioration in. And frankly, like people's willingness to advertise online after the pandemic. And, right? and this is so this. It's, it's interesting. Like, it's just like the pandemic is not a self-fulfilling prophecy nope. for now. E-commerce is everything. Nope. And it's also interesting because, you know, we talk about this in other episodes, too. But even if you're Facebook, I mean, this is when you talk about the, a, a massive corporation, Facebook fits the bill. Even if you're Facebook, mm-hmm. as massive as they are, you are susceptible to walls and gates being closed, like walls being put up and gates being closed. Facebook's mm-hmm. whole online business platform relied heavily on data collection. So right. that meant that they were susceptible to the advent of, you know, advanced privacy concerns, privacy fundamentalism. Right. They were susceptible well, to another mega corporation, Apple, simply saying, hey, you've gotten rich off this Facebook. We're going to close the door. And that's what happened. Right, and it's not, and that doesn't affect everyone. No. It doesn't affect everyone at Facebook. Who does it affect? Probably the people who are most likely to buy high-ticket items in response to Facebook ads. Exactly. Which has, has a negative effect on Facebook ads. I would I will say, too, um, as as this is going down, um, you know, we had, we had the second company that we wanted to talk about, which is Amazon. Yes. Right? Broke a record, on, I think it was on Friday, uh, a couple... This is in uh, early February, where they came in and 
had the largest gain in market cap value in a single day. <laughs> and that was just because Amazon's still delivering the goods in e-commerce, yeah. right? So one of that things that it says there is like it's very important to own your platform, right? Amazon owns their platform. They own the delivery platform. They own the the online store. Yep. They own the infrastructure that all these other third-party sellers go through. So their they've their brand is the destination that people are going to do a lot of e-commerce shopping. So fantastic for them. I think one of the other things that was hurting Facebook was just the fact that like they are trying innovation. They are trying to expand yep. into the metaverse. And that is where uh, I think they, they're attempting to be the new platform, right? Yep. Like in some sense, like Facebook wants to be in the metaverse first. That's why they changed the company's name to Meta. Yes. Right? And so there there are a lot of challenges with oh, that. Yeah. And I don't know. We'll see. Maybe in a few months we'll be doing podcast episodes about how to buy billboards in the metaverse. Yeah. And, and I have a question for you, Artie. If you buy a billboard in the metaverse... <laughs> Is it a digital ad? Yes, that is a very good question. Or is it traditional advertising? Uh, you see? And this is what's uh, crazy is like when, on the whole metaverse topic, which, you know, we've had this hiatus, so we haven't really been able to talk about on this podcast. You see companies like Facebook especially, but not just Facebook. I mean, all kinds of brands are starting to bet big that, you know, the metaverse is the future. But when you actually look... Or as Elon Musk says, if you're killed in the metaverse, you die in real life. <laughs> Well, exactly. When you actually, I was gonna say Tesla. Tesla is not big on the no, metaverse. There is a big company when, that's against when, the metaverse. When you see some of the demos and demonstrations of what's going on in the metaverse, and like I think Walmart introduced a virtual shopping experience in the metaverse, where you would like walk through a, a Walmart and the, put items in your yeah. cart, and they would be shipped to your home through their shipping service. It looked like a glorified Second Life. Like if anyone remembers Second Life from the nineties, right. Well, everyone wants to be done with that kind of shopping experience, right? Exactly. And so it's like, why wouldn't I just use the Walmart app with the list? Exactly. Like, like why? What's the benefit of putting on the VR what? headset to walk through a virtual yeah, Walmart? Why do I want to Maybe do that? Now I'm going to sound like an old geezer. Like someday everyone's going to be like, oh, those old millennials, they won't put on their, their VR headsets to go shopping at Walmart. Exactly. Keep talking well, about and it's back interesting in their day because when they used to park their car at Walmart. I was engaged in this uh, a conversation online recently about yeah. the metaverse, and someone was pointing that out. Like this just Were you looks in like the metaverse? I was not. No. I was in the I was in my universe, just looking at it in traditional means. But someone was there saying, "Look, the metaverse isn't going to happen. Virtual reality kind of sucks. What's going on here?" And then someone else pointed out, and it was very interesting listening to the use case. And this person was an attorney, worked for a high power law firm, and said that one of the best purchases they made during the pandemic was purchasing VR equipment and that they, they and their family got together routinely through VR and hung out. And this person was saying it was one of the most realistic and incredibly engaging ways of communication they'd ever experienced. They brought them closer as a family. They played games through it. They connected. And then they went on to say that one of their favorite things to do with the VR equipment is to go to a virtual office setting with where they can interact with all of this data, images, media, whatever, on virtual whiteboards and things like that and organize it and engage with it in a way that's intuitive and far, they said, easier to grasp and think big picture over for multiple points of data than through a traditional computer monitor, keyboard, and mouse. 
And it was fascinating to listen to this person because, again, they're very busy. They work for a high-powered law firm. They're constantly, you know, dealing with all kinds of reports and things like that. And they were, they were talking about how, the you know, parts of the metaverse that exemplify that experience are extremely attractive to them. And that's where I think, Tony, you hit the nail on the head. The question to me isn't, because I've seen this posed by, you know, talking heads and marketing generals online lately, you know, is the metaverse dead on arrival? You know, is this really going to happen? It, I, I think it really depends on what kind of use case we're talking about. Like if we're imagining a world where you just kind of walk through a virtual cityscape and then you go into the virtual Kroger and push your little virtual shopping cart around, then yeah, I think that's dead on arrival. Like I don't think people want that shopping experience in the metaverse. But if you're, t- oh, I thought you were gonna say I don't think Kroger will be able to deliver. Exactly. But if you're- <laughs> I was gonna be like, the Kroger's gross margin is less than one percent. They cannot have an R and D budget. <laughs> they do not for, have the budget for, the for this Kroger metaverse. The only way they're doing it is by stealing it from Aldi. All right. So that's that's the only way it's gonna happen. Oh. oh anyway, shots fired. Anyway, uh, Aldi, not a sponsor, but could be. Anyway, uh, which Aldi? <laughs> well, that is true. South Germany or North Germany Aldi? And so, All so right, there we go. So like. That's not what people want. I think what people want in the metaverse is that connection experience. They want to be able to go to a virtual coffee shop and sit down across from their their loved one or their yeah. cousin. But this is this is what people said about the internet. People said that people wanted to be able to like send letters and read them in real time. And how many of us actually like spend our days composing six paragraph long emails? Well, that is true. Updating is true. our family on our life, like. The use, the original use case changes quite a bit. I mean, like, if you think about it, You've Got Mail, have you watched that movie um, recently? No, it's been a few years, I must say. Okay. So, the last time I watched that with my wife, I was just like, oh my word. Like, it's an independent bookstore that's getting put out of business by the obvious stand-in for Barnes & Noble. Yes! <laughs> like, the, the tides have turned. <laughs> It's like, and now, like, you could create a movie about the poor Barnes and Nobles yes. getting run over by Amazon. Yes, and the and Kindle. It's just like, creative destruction is a thing. Yes. Like, yes. And we shouldn't, I don't know, like, sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, Amazon's changing the way of life as we know it. And I'm like, no, the way of life as we know it is just what I knew when I was a teenager yes. in the late 1990s. Which has changed. <laughs> no, actually, no, I wasn't a teenager yet. And what's crazy <laughs> is, by the time our kids are old enough to care about our podcast, like, VR podcast will be... be they're, they're, exactly. VR is going, to, is going to be how they engage with so much oh, of their will, information. No, everyone was like, Clubhouse is going to be the new podcast, and then Clubhouse will transition to VR clubhouse is dead so anyway you remember when we talked about you know on that one episode like should we get a clubhouse yeah so rinky dink so here's the question we're taking a trip down memory lane here how many of our previous episodes can we can we mention well we still got a couple minutes so maybe a few more i was just gonna say you know we haven't decided this yet but maybe the future of our podcast is in the metaverse you know the where you come to a virtual trench and you hang out with Artie and tony and talk marketing. Oh, man. Right? Oh, man. That that could be the future. So who knows? If you guys like the sound of that future, be sure to email us and let us know. And if you have any <laughs> thoughts or questions or just observations as, as you've listened to our podcast for a short time or a long time, let us know what you guys think about our, our future format. If you guys have any uh, thoughts for or considerations for that, we'd love to hear them. Uh, MarketingTrenchWarfare yeah. at gmail.com. Tony, I don't know All what's right. going to be in the news the next time we get together. 
But I know yeah. just from this gathering here that it's going to be exciting and fun, right? Because yeah. you and I, we're not done experimenting. We're not done figuring things out. We're not done questioning best practices or marketing generals, right? Yeah. Are we done with hilarious episode titles? We're going to keep those. We're going to keep those. We're going to keep those. I mean, look at our current episode. I'm I'm looking at our past episodes here. Most recently, Blockbuster Movies, Hot Dogs Marked as Spam, Giving Threes Day. I could crack. I could just crack up reading all of our episode titles. Exactly. Uh, And someday you'll be able to purchase... If we're if we we get that far, the the best of episode title calendar, where every month you just get a different episode title to enjoy. So it's a subscription box. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is another Remember episode. Totally, we had like those, four years ago. We had this whole episode on subscription boxes. Yes, the subscription box. Fad. We subscription box you a cassette tape of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Limited edition it's cassette a collector's tape. item. That's right. The cassette tape is an NFT. <laughs> it's not fungible. It all comes full circle. The audio file for this podcast is so fungible. The cassette tape is the non-fungible part. There we go, Tony. Tony, this is why I love doing this with you. And we're glad that you guys could join us today. Thank you so much for staying there, being patient for another episode to come out. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with us in this trench. I don't know when the next one's coming out, but it will happen. So until then, I'm Artie Coolidge. I'm Tony Kofi. And we will catch you guys later. Artie and Tony are nonprofit marketing directors. Views and opinions expressed on this podcast are as of date of recording, are independent of their employers, and are not to be used as investment or legal advice.